Welcome, moms. I am so glad you've joined me today. If you're a new listener, I'm Dorinda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to six, and a 24-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, which is a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling. And if you haven't checked that out, I'd love for you to go and do that. It's over at Amazon, along with my 31-day devotional that's also written specifically for homeschooling moms called Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. Also, I will be speaking in several places in 2020. I will leave a link in the notes, the podcast notes, to those places. I would love to meet you. So check it out and maybe we can get together. Lastly, some of you may know that I have a mentoring course called the Unhurried Homeschooler Mentoring Course. It's a $37 for lifetime access to workshop videos on what it looks like to take a more unhurried approach in homeschooling along with um, a workshop on marriage, and that's one that my husband joins me on, and also on taking care of mom, because self-care is very, very important. So I'll leave that link in the podcast notes as well. Now, before we get started, I just want to say something to you. You may not have heard this from anyone in a long time, or maybe even ever, but I am so proud of you. You probably wonder how I can even say that. You might be thinking, you don't know me. You don't know all the ways that I've messed up. You know what the truth is? I don't really care. The fact that you are here today seeking encouragement to keep doing what you've been called to do speaks volume about volumes about your heart for God and for your family. Don't let the enemy get a foothold and take you in a downward spiral. God is on your side. If He is for you, who can be against you? He is a redeemer and a restorer of all things. And I can speak to that because I'm a mom just like you who's made her share of mistakes. But now this many years down the road, I can see how faithful God has been to fill in and cover so many areas with His loving, faithful grace. Romans 2.29 says, And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God, not from people. So when it comes to how we live our lives, are we seeking praise from people or from God? It's, a wor- it's worthwhile to take some time to ask ourselves this question. How about homeschooling? Are we pouring our time and energy into what really amounts to people-pleasing? Or have we really taken the time to seek the heart of God for us and for our kids? And if we have in the past, are we continuing to do that? So here's the thing. When we remain faithful to God's calling on our lives, we are, in reality, proclaiming Christ. We are saying that He is God and we are not. And even though this journey is unconventional and misunderstood by the majority of the people in our lives, we will continue to be faithful to his calling. Isaiah 40 verses 9 through 11 says this, O Zion, messenger of good news, shout from the mountaintops. 
Shout it louder, O Jerusalem. Shout and do not be afraid. Tell the towns of Judah, your God is coming. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. Other versions say he will gently lead those who are with young. God's heart is toward those of us with children. He, his leading is gentle, not harsh, So if you're feeling a heavy load of guilt and condemnation for how you're homeschooling your kids or just the fact that you're homeschooling, I can tell you that is not God. If you want peace in this journey, it's not going to come by trying to please people or the powers that be. Let me just ask you this. I asked myself this many, many years ago, and I'm so glad I did. So I'm going to ask you this question. If there was no one to suggest or tell you how you should raise and educate your kids, how would you go about it? Some of you live in states and areas that are very restrictive and are essentially like harsh taskmasters. God is sovereign. He is more powerful than the powers that be. I'm not saying we don't have to follow the law or stay accountable, but I believe that God has a way for us to do it that's peaceful, as peaceful as possible for us and for our family. Again, He is sovereign. He is more powerful than the powers that be. He's also a lot more creative In Isaiah 40, it says, Look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. Oh, Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? Oh, Israel, how can you say that God ignores your rights? Isn't that beautiful? God knows. He sees our troubles. He does not ignore our rights. So two questions I get from this text are these. Number one, why do you say my situation is beyond the power of God? And the second question, why do you believe the voices that say that this promise isn't for you. It goes on to say in verse 28, have you never heard? It's answering those questions and giving you the reasons why your situation is not beyond the power of God and why you don't need to believe the voices that say that this promise isn't for me. In verse 28, it says, have you never heard? Have you never understood the creator of all the earth? He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But 
Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Make no mistake, moms, God has intentionally put you and your children together. If that is the case, then He has also placed in you certain desires that are specific to you and your children, and He will faithfully lead you along the way. And like I said before, give you creativity and ways to meet the necessary standards creatively and in a way that works for your family. So take the time to quiet your heart, get alone with God, and listen for that still, small voice. God can give you creative ways and clear direction on how to meet the restrictions in your particular circumstances. It isn't your job to figure everything out. It's your job to remain faithful to Him who has called you. James 1 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously without finding fault and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should think he he won't receive anything from the Lord because he's double-minded and unstable in all he does. We don't want to be that. God is saying, if you ask for wisdom and believe me for it, I will give it to you generously. Now, I've had moms ask me, how do I know when I'm hearing from the Lord? And my, my first response to that is, when you open your Bible and you read, are there certain things that just almost jump out at the page, out of the page at you, that get your attention? That is God speaking to you. And as you practice that, as you practice reading and noticing the things that he's pointing out to you, I firmly believe you'll begin to get clear, distinct direction on specific things in your own life. Now, one of the things that can happen is we can become discontent. And Paul spoke to that. And it's interesting because we've heard that verse, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength, and we sort of like apply it to everything. And uh, several years ago, I decided, you know, we use that verse a lot. I'd like to read that in context. So I'm going to read it in context for you today. It says, how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Do you hear what Paul is saying there and what God is speaking to our hearts? He'll give us the strength that we need to be content. We want to be unwavering. You know, referring back to that that passage that I just read in James 1 about not being blown and tossed about by the wind and every wind of doctrine that comes along. We want to be unwavering. The world is watching to see just how real our faith really is. 
Do we believe God is faithful? And do we act on that? If we are moms who have a strong peace and confidence about us while we walk out this calling, what does that say about our God? What does that say about Christianity? And ultimately, what does that say about the reality of the gospel? Is Jesus real? Does he actually give us a new and living way? And does this affect all areas of our lives, including our homeschooling? Yes, yes, and yes. Amen. 2 Corinthians 4 says, Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God and all who are honest know this. So in other words, we don't need to resort to worldliness or the world's ways or methods of educating if that is not where he is leading. Going on to verse three in 2 Corinthians 4, it says, if the good... If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Let me stop there for just a minute. Many will not understand, moms, what we're doing and why we're doing it. We cannot be a people pleaser. Verse four, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus. Moms, people will see the fruit of following God and we will have the opportunity to share Christ with them. Moving on to verse seven, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. Moms, we can't do this in our own strength. Verse eight says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus, so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. So here's the deal. It can be exhausting to do what we're doing. But it's just a reminder that this is not about comfort or 
perfection. Verse 17 says, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now, rather we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Moms, this work we're doing is an eternal work. This isn't just an education. God is working by His power in our lives and in our kids' life. Remember, it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. He is using our families as a testimony of His goodness, His faithfulness, and His power. We are a living testimony of the gospel. When we let go of our preconceived notions of what this is supposed to look like and fully surrender to God's direction, there's no limit to what God can do in and through our families. Because God created us for a relationship with Him, we are pre-wired to worship and serve something. We are always worshiping and serving something. In Matthew 6, 24, Jesus says that we cannot serve two masters. We will hate the one and love the other. Now, he was using money as an example, but I believe that this is a principle. In other words, when we, th- when we may think that we can have divided loyalty, but eventually what happens is we will serve one more fully than the other because only one can truly be our master. But moms, there are some things that we are going to have to yield. We're going to have to yield our fear of disappointing. We're going to have to yield our fear of not being enough. We're going to have to yield our fear of not getting it all done. And we need to yield our need to figure everything out. Moms, I'm going to be honest with you. This is something I pray over every day. God has called me to pray over those four things every day. Fear of disappointing, fear of not being enough, fear of not getting it all done, and this deep need to figure everything out. James warns us about leaning on self in chapter four of James. Verse 13, he says this, look here, you who say, today or tomorrow, we're going to a certain town and we will stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. So moms, as believers, we are called to follow Jesus, to live as he lived, and his life was completely and utterly yielded to the Father. He said himself that he was here to simply do the will of God the Father. There is nothing wrong with some sort of plan. Obviously, we need to have a plan. But take the time to listen for what God has for you and move forward from there. 
Psalm 16.9 says, We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And Psalm 37.23 says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. When Jesus left this earth, he left us a gift, and that's exactly what he called it. In John 14, 27, he says this, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace that I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. Now, a gift by its nature has to be received. You can choose not to receive it, but at what cost? Or you can choose to receive it and have your life transformed. Moms, where in your homeschooling do you have peace? Walk in that. It is a gift from God. And if that plan doesn't seem like enough, pray about it and trust that God will add to it when the time is right. He will give you direction. So how do you receive that gift, that gift of peace of mind and heart? Keep pressing in to Him. Keep seeking Him and recognizing where He is giving you peace and walk in it, regardless of what other people think. And when people try to question you or challenge your decisions, just smile and nod and then do exactly what God is calling you to do. At the end of the day, and at the end of our homeschooling journey, what matters is that we sought praise from God and not from people. He is the only one who can truly bring the peace and joy that we long for in this journey. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for that gift that you have given us, peace of mind and heart, that gift that you have said is ours. God, show us what it looks like to receive that gift, to open that gift, and to walk in that peace that you are giving us, Father. I pray for the heart of every mom listening here, that she would lay aside her desire to to people please, Father, I pray that she would recognize her need to walk in obedience to you first, God. I pray that you would help us to continue to yield our fear of disappointing, our fear of not being enough, our fear of not getting it all done, and our need to figure everything out. God, show us what it looks like to yield day by day, moment by moment, hour by hour, yielding so that we can walk in the peace of mind and heart that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen.